Okay, so today's scripture comes from John 14, and we're looking at verses 15 to 21. And it's entitled, Jesus Promises the Holy Spirit. And so John 14, verse 15 to 21, it says, If you love me, keep my commands. And this is Jesus speaking. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am. Am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And we just pray that the words that are spoken next really help unpack that in a way that's meaningful to each of you this morning. And so I thought up a few words when I'm looking at this concept of advocate, right? I came up with these. It was wingman. Have you heard of a wingman? Right-hand man. I don't know if you've watched. I haven't watched it myself, but I think there's a wingman in the whole, like, Top Gun movies with Maverick and Goose, is it? Yep. Partner. can be partner or even, say, like a tennis doubles partner or something like that. Support workers. Coaches, whether it be sport or in business. Supervisors. Mother. A father, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, the list goes on there. Could even be a sibling. Possibly even, but maybe not in this instance, a best friend. Now these are all people or terms for those we go to or can at some time have in our lives on a personal level that we can rely on to give us advice and guidance, hopefully. Essentially to help us along our way as we're going about our daily business, about our lives, but in a meaningful and a deliberate way, and that's the important bit. There's no coaxing to do silly things, as obviously when you get with your friends, you can sometimes get a bit carried away, but it's actually someone who'll celebrate with you, but whilst also pulling you up if the path that we're maybe going down doesn't sit well with them as well. There's a sense of care. There's a sense of care in, in that relationship. Now, just for example's sake, Karen and I both have a pastoral supervisor, as well as together we have a joint ministry coach, and they're just a standard part of keeping us focused on our own growth as people and our own development, but also helping us to focus and align ourselves with what we believe God is placing on our hearts. So we'll bring up different things that are on our mind, and at times where this advocate comes into place, these supervisors and our coaches They'll go, have you thought of this? And provide little seeds, which might unpack to a really positive thing, but sometimes will provide a real clear direction in a different way. It's a help. It's a caring voice. This helps us. It shapes us. It challenges us, yes, but for more than just our own development as well because it's also for the development and the direction and the growth of ministries which connect to the community around us, and that goes for all of us as well, those that we influence, right? So here it is. Who is in your life that you can go to and seek that honest, 
challenging, respectful and productive counsel or feedback from. Not the person that will just have your back no matter how silly you're being, but that person will provide that honest and constructive and that challenging feedback. Who is that person that when a situation comes up that sets off an alarm bell in our minds or seems somewhat contentious that you can rely on for that sound advice when everything's all a bit foggy up here and going crazy? Who can, who can be that grounding person? So let's dig into the scripture today. Because when we look at the word advocate in verse 16, looking through a contextual lens, and I really love doing this, is what we should do. When we look through this contextual lens of the Greek meaning of such a word, we get another word that comes in place. So advocate, we get the word paraclete. And paraclete itself means, and this is the important part because we might forget paraclete, But what this means, this advocate, this paraclete, is one who has been called to our side. One who has been called to our side. So quite literally, what Jesus is doing, what he is stating here in verse 16, is that he himself, who was the earthly advocate at the time, is now advocating to God before his earthly ministry was concluded to provide us with one who has been called to our side as a forever support for us. That's a huge amen moment, that he called that person once was in flesh to be with us for all time. And I'm telling you today that this support is the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's Dove, <laughs> maybe not that guy, but it's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a force on the move. And we saw him doing his push-up. He was constantly doing something. Just as Jesus was a force on the move as well when he went about his earthly ministry. And to know the Holy Spirit, if we're not sure how to know him, like at times he didn't want to be seen as schizophrenic or something, talking to these voices in his head, to truly know the Holy Spirit is to know Jesus. And to know Jesus is to adopt his example for our own lives. And we have a whole book that shares what that is to be like, called the Bible. And we know Jesus to be love. If we've read any of the Bible, especially New Testament stuff, where Jesus is quite prominent, Jesus is love. So when we consider verse 15, and we look at the first verse that we had today, if you love me, keep my commands. The command there is to love God. So with God actually being love himself, like innately he is love. And us being called to love God who already is love. This, follow me. To love God implies that we actually show love to others, which in turn, we are showing God to others because God is love to us. Does that make sense? To love God implies that we show love to others. And as God is love, as we show love to them, we also show our God to them. Love, God, encompasses all things. And when it's expanded on, encompasses and looks like so many different things. It looks like knowing. It looks like abiding and following instruction. It looks like comforting those around us. It looks like feeding both knowledge and also the stuff that sustains us. It involves giving. 
it is discovering new, actually being open-minded to the words that God wants to tell us each and every day. It includes touching, it includes healing, it includes praising, and it includes so much more. It encompasses all things, just as our God encompasses all things. So as Jesus is wrapping up his human experience, existence on earth, he clearly promises his presence through the Holy Spirit to those who keep his commands to love and to serve one another. Because Jesus was a force on the move. To receive this support, Jesus is only asking us to do what he had already done. He led by example. He's not asking us to do anything that he wouldn't do, which I think is a profound statement for any leader and for any person who is wanting to see growth in another individual, that we, we lead by example, don't we? And that example is Jesus. I'm going to keep going back to that. That's the example. Jesus, rabbi, teacher, leader, lead through action and that example. And the love that Jesus commands, the love that he shows is about a master who washed the feet of his disciples. And a king, divine king, dying the death of a criminal. It's a very different form of leadership to what we can often see. The very nature of love shown through sacrificial service. Jesus' example repeatedly involved an active presence within a communal context to the very extent of death. They didn't understand what this was about. But just as the Trinity of God exists within a community to itself, and we talk of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in communion with each other, the power of our triune God, three in one, is seen amongst communities that provide this love leading to hope as well. So what if we actually took the time to come to terms with the fact that Christ has made it clear that he is truly present among us when we keep his commandments to love each other? Not just to love on ourselves, but to love each other. I think maybe then we would feel what it is to have the Spirit of God truly within us. When we're not sure, where is he? Like, I just, I can't attain it. Where is it? Have we ever been in that moment where we're just not sure? I've been there. But how do we go about this? How do we truly know Jesus to be with us in a way that was as obvious to the disciples as Christ was to them in the very flesh? So let's look back at verse 16 just yet again. Back to this advocate that we touched on earlier and the one who has been called to our side. We have the Bible, right? We established that before. Do we believe in the Bible? Do we believe in the words of the Bible? I would hope that that's a resounding yes at least resounding in your heart. So if we truly believe in Christ and the hope that he brought to us for his unconditional love to the very point of death, then we believe in the words that are written in the Bible as well, right? Good. So when we read the words of Christ in verse 16, and it says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, we simply have to believe that promise as well. Correct? Exactly right. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. So he even says he was our advocate and remains so 
but he'll give us one that will be with us forever. We have to believe that promise. But it doesn't come without us accepting love itself. Love that is God and then loving as Christ did ourselves because it's all intertwined. It all works in together. Because then when we go on to verse 17, it says to be in Jesus. I'm going to say for us to understand this is to be as Jesus. To be in Jesus is to be as Jesus. The world around us doesn't understand love like the Godhead offers us. Love that the world goes to promotes ideals of lust, it promotes ideals of greed, it promotes ideals of gain, and they see that as love. That's not love. The love of Christ actually strips away importance and self-gain and division at its very core of its existence. And we can't see true love and know the Spirit as our advocate if we are stuck in those worldly places because God doesn't exist within those characteristics of what are seen as love. He just doesn't abide there. He doesn't live there. The challenge for us who claim to know God and His love, that believe in the words of the Bible, is to then show this new reality of love to everyone that we met, everyone that we meet, just as Christ did. Whilst we may not have the privilege of knowing Jesus firsthand, standing right next to me in the flesh, as I'm standing before you through that physical, in-your-face, experiential way, we can understand being in Jesus by being as Jesus was. Then we will feel the Spirit. Then we will feel the Spirit. So when we take words out of the Scripture and look at them closer, like I said before, the contextual and opening up what the real meaning in the Greek was back in its, the time when this was written, we can understand some truly deeper meanings and understandings for ourselves. And it's quite eye-opening so often. Because yet again, we get an example of this in today's Scripture. And what we get is a legitimate translation of in you as among you. So in you as among you. And with this, I believe by hearing the words among you, with this we begin to grasp the presence of our advocate, our own personal coach or wingman, being the Holy Spirit of God within us, God amongst us. The promised one, if only we follow God's commands. And when we look at Jesus amongst us in this way, through the Holy Spirit guiding our lives, and I do liken it, and I always have kind of thought of it like this is a good conscience, the conscience that kind of goes, hey, hang on, that when something's going on and you're not sure, it's, it's got setting off that little alarm bell, what's happening here? We get this deeper sense of being in community with God. When we're in tune with what God wants for our lives, that conscience will be in tune with the Spirit. The Spirit within us if we're generally trying to follow Christ's example, which exudes pure love, we'll be that wingman. We'll be that coach. We'll be that voice and that quiet support, whatever situation arises for us. Now, the video of the two school friends, excuse the little couple of jabs there, but it shows a reality that many face as well. But the video of the two school friends showed this idea of the Holy Spirit, or dove, in the form of a physical conscience, didn't it? 
And what I liked about this representation was the human aspects that came into it, the stuff that we all deal with when, A, trying to understand the Holy Spirit for ourselves, but the reality of people kind of looking on and seeing something different. It was all shown in there. The young guy opened himself up to the idea of knowing Jesus and the Holy Spirit came to him, despite the fact that he was doing it for the lady next to him. And even despite having the presence of Dove with him, he still showed signs of making mistakes at times, but he again was open to hearing from and making better choices in the moment. So even when his friend took a different path, and the goal to get the girl wasn't realized at the end there. The ultimate reality of a better life was understood because of his receptiveness, his openness to the spirit that was working in his life. Because we aren't called to be perfect. And touching on what Karen was sharing about last Friday night, this idea of broken by design. We all aren't called to be perfect. We're all different. We're all unique. We're not robotic. Praise the Lord for that. That would be boring as. But we aren't called to be perfect to be able to experience this for ourselves either. We just need to genuinely, genuinely open ourselves to knowing Jesus more for ourselves a little more each day. And as we do that, I believe we'll want that little bit to get even bigger. Once we know what those realities are for ourselves, it's incredible. Now, I've got a name for you that I'm sure you all know. When we think of Mother Teresa, yeah, we know that name, surely. We think of an absolute saint who helped so many people in her days. She's known for doing that. But what we may not know is that even Mother Teresa, this lady of such faith, struggled with darkness within her own life, and she says for more than over half of her whole life. This struggle for Mother Teresa had her feeling like she could never even feel the, she could not even feel the presence of God in her life during those times. And that's a little bit crazy to hear, given her resume of helping people out and hearing about how faithful, what a faithful lady she was. And I'm sure... She definitely was. But regardless of Mother Teresa's inner struggles, Christians worldwide, and probably more than just Christians worldwide, generally accepted her as a modern-day saint. Some even considered her an even greater saint after they heard of her struggles. There's something in that. Given the fact that she remained so faithful through the darkness that she was going through, there's a reason for that. Even without personal spiritual certainty of that relationship with God, she stayed strong and pursued the mission that she believed that she had been called to. Mother Teresa had faith. Even in those moments when someone that we look at as saintly shares her deepest struggles that over a course of half of her life she felt disconnected possibly to what, where God was at. We can never attain the level of God we never will. All we can do is try and grasp it that little bit more. 1% every day, that little bit of effort that will grow. But she stayed strong and pursued the mission that she believed she had been called to. So we're not alone in our doubt. 
we are not alone in our doubt because even someone like the example of Mother Teresa, we can take strength in the idea of staying committed to the mission, the mission of God, the mission to actively love in a way that the world doesn't understand, bringing Christ to a blind world. And if we do that, we are promised the advocate. Verse 15, if you love, advocate is yours. If we do that, we are promised this advocate. So when we read the Bible, if we remain people that are on our knees and being prayerful over our lives and the lives of others around us, and look to show wholesome love in all that we do, then the next step is to trust your gut. Trust your gut. Trust that gut feeling within you and listen to the voice that speaks into the word of God that you're connecting with. Because there will be truths that come through. You will remember that scripture that you read. You remember that moment and the pieces come together. That is the spirit within you. That is the spirit working and speaking within you. We can't expect it though. There's a part we need to play in that, of accepting that for ourselves by living a life exuding the love of Christ. For us to truly accept the reality of the Holy Spirit as God within us, Emmanuel, in a time where we live post the living and breathing human reality of Christ, we must understand that an active life of faithful service embodied in the example provided by Christ as documented in the Bible that we believe in, you said it first, will only be real to us if we trust enough to emulate and follow his example that are clearly written there. We won't know what that is if we don't read it. (laughs) We need to be living and breathing amongst others. Our God is a God of community. The three, the Godhead, three in one. We also need to be people of community. Sharing struggles, sharing hopes, sharing successes, asking questions, trying to understand more, going deeper and allowing the inner voice of the Spirit in connection with those words of God to guide and support us. And that is why in verse 19, Jesus can confidently say, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. We see things because they're active, because they're happening, right? That's how we see things. If there is no action, what is there even to see? Nothing. So without the byproduct of actions, what is there to learn from or to find confirmation in? If there's no deepening understanding of love that comes from and is God, then the only view of true love is that worldly view. And that's a view we don't want. Because that's a corrupt and that is a divisive view of what love is. And this is yet another confirmation for us as Christ followers of the mandate that we are set. That is to show our faith and our belief through action. Because belief involves doing. And we are called to love. We are called to love. Sadly, it seems really hard to do. (laughs) It's so sad. We are called to love to understand God who is love. And then to remain in communion with his spirit who supports and guides us as our ultimate wingman. As our ultimate wingman. 
And now when I was thinking of this, I was even drawn to the fact that, and you, you may not even know this, but if you come here super regularly, you need to know, like even the Salvation Army has a vision statement that goes a little bit like this. It doesn't go a little bit like this. It goes exactly like this. Wherever there is hardship or injustice, which covers so much, salvos, and that's not just saying soldiers or adherents or anything, but anyone connected to the salvos. This is, this is our vision statement. Wherever there is hardship or injustice, salvos will live, they will love, and they will fight alongside others. What was that word at the start? Another word for advocate, paraclete. What did that mean? One who comes in alongside. To transform Australia one life at a time with the love of who? It's not with the love of the core officer. It's not with the love of the people. It's not with the love of whoever. It's with the love of Jesus. Wherever there is hardship or injustice, salvos will live, love and fight alongside others to transform Australia one life at a time with the love of Jesus. And I love this statement because it holds great insight for all of us and for anyone who's reading it too. Because alongside others sounds very paraclete advocate doesn't it? We've already established that. And love in this is mentioned twice. Once in a call for each of us to take on the need to love, but to do this through the love of Jesus, not in our own form or worldly way, but through the love of Jesus in no other way. Through Christ's love, we are to love alongside others. Alongside, like the Spirit, sees us look to support and be there for others as they find their own feet in life's tricky situations. It seems... It sees them not be carried, or not carrying people, but instead finding, helping them find their own strength. And when we do that with the love of Jesus, then the new reality of Christ-like love may be understood for them as well. It's not a carrying where we see people just then simply relax into the arms of being completely helped of another and simply relying on. It is deliberately alongside, showing them where they can find their own strength to go on, finding their own feet, providing sound advice that comes from a place of genuine care and letting others find meaning for themselves that can renew and sustain them and create a story for them that they can go and come alongside others as well. The Spirit of God is among us and wants to be our ultimate wingman, to put it in a different way. I believe it. And our command is to love. Doesn't seem like rocket science. The hardest bit is committing ourselves in the discipline of faith to read what that love is all about. So open your Bible and read it. (laughs) Simple. And then let's talk about it and understand it and discuss it and Go deeper with that for each other. I want us all to love like Christ. That's a hard hard thing to, to, to gain because we'll never get to that point. But if we can strive for it, we're in a good place. I want us all to love like Christ so that we can know the Spirit of God within us and amongst us. So that it's so obvious when that voice in our head goes off because we are committed 
to our spiritual disciplines of prayer and practice of reading the Bible and talking to each other about what we've heard and learned, that it's undeniable that those little, you know, the devil on your shoulder or the angel on your shoulder, that we know which one to listen to. I want our consciences, if that's a word, to be informed by the Spirit rather than the temptations of the world. And if we ever have any wingman or any coach or supervisor in our life, let's bring the Spirit into that first. In a moment, there's going to be a song that plays and it's called My Advocate. During that time, I just want us to just consider what, what this looks like for ourselves because we can always get lost in, in routine and not taking that extra step, putting those barriers in, in place and getting, uh, getting ourselves in the way of our relationship with God. But if we're truly to see lives transformed and spaces renewed for Christ and his presence flowing out across a whole community and seeing this place grow with people, we want people to know Christ, right? So it means there's going to be new faces. It means there's going to be the need for us to take this message to other people and who we are as people. It means we need to understand what that message is. So it means we need to become people on our knees praying, maybe not Physically, I know, sometimes it's hard to get up, even for me. I'm (laughs) young-ish. Thanks, guys. Thanks for laughing. But by reading reading the Word of God and understanding what this love is, we need to understand it to be able to understand the Spirit within us and hear that moving in our lives and those voices. So then we can take that to a world that desperately needs it. Consider where, where, where you sit with that this morning as we as we listen to the song, My Advocate. And I'd encourage you each today to, if it's the right time for yourself, to recommit to that life of understanding deeper what the love of God means for you and then what that would mean as an example out to those people that you connect with each week because we all connect with different people. This is the only time where I think a pyramid structure is a beautiful thing (laughs) where if we're connecting with one person and then they find a friend too, that we can maybe, and I pray and I hope, see lives transformed by the love of Jesus.